Hey there, dirty boy or bad girl. You're about to listen to another sexy episode of Video Dread, but this one's a little different. It's a newer episode, so if you don't want any spoilers, keep your clothes on, but turn this episode off. Why do we do it? Why do we watch horror films and read horror novels and play horror video games? Stick around. Flying over you Goodbye horses I'm flying, flying, flying over you Okay Perfect, see? Welcome back everybody to Video Dread Podcast I am Daniel I am Dustin And I am Andy And somebody is gassy I watched a movie uh, that made me think of y'all. I mean, Udo Kier was in it. That's the only reason it made me think of y'all. Uh, he's Udo. in it for a second. It's this Lars von Trier movie called Melancholia. And he is a wedding planner. And he only has like one line. And uh, Kirsten Dunst, she's getting married. And she's basically fucked up the whole wedding. And when she finally shows up at the reception that he's like made and done for her. He's like a very expensive, expensive wedding planner. She walks in. Udo Kier just looks at the sister of the bride. And he's like... She has ruined my party. She has ruined me. I will not look at her. And holds his hand up. Every time he sees her, he <laughs> puts his hand up in front of his face. <laughs> what the fuck, man? I think that was just him being Udo Kier. He wasn't even acting. He was like, I just can't. It was really funny, though. Because it's like, you only see him twice. Once when he does that, and then another time he's like, getting like, I don't know, some caviar or something on a plate, and he turns around, he sees her, and he's like, <gasps> puts his hand, it like, does the... You, I'm not looking at you. You're shunned. Udo Kier's been in, like, Dennis the Menace and shit. He's been in random shit. He throughout. wasn't in Dennis the Menace. I'm exaggerating, but he's Damn been it, in I a was, lot of... He's he was been the in, guy who ran the Ace Hardware in Dennis the Menace. Yeah. <laughs> You'd like to have this rake, Mr. Menace. <laughs> he was oh, a yeah. I know Mr. He's like Mr. Wilson's uh, butler. Mr. Wilson, you shouldn't... Ah, Mr. Like, Wilson. Your blood pressure, that boy is... Uh, he's really doing some quite serious harm to you. Have you ever seen my other movies? Uh, Flesh for Frankenstein. Uh, blood for Dracula. Or my stand-up performance in Blade. And I had my teeth ripped out and I died in the sunlight. Oh, that was so gruesome. And, uh, Why did they do that to me? Of course, I had a couple of lines as the millionaire eccentric dolphin sea collector. Uh, I worked with the fantastic Jim Carrey and Courtney Cox. He was in Barbed Wire or Barbed Wire. He was oh, in the God. Adventures of Pinocchio. You know, I, the only thing I think I remember about Barbed Wire is like fucking Jack Noseworthy. He was in Armageddon. I played the asteroid. <laughs> I was the asteroid. I was coming to destroy you, Earth. You are going to die by my hand. Of course, he's an iron sky. Welcome to the Udo Kier Power Hour. <laughs> Ooh, what was that? Was that a Sorry, it was my coaster. It keeps, like, sweating and, like, sticking to shit. And a little champagne action. Disrupts the whole podcast. Podcast over. Fuck it. 
I'm so tired of your coaster problems, your coaster <laughs> malfunctions. We are you must get out into the sun with these coaster problems. Tonight I am Dudu Kier. Dudu Kier. We're huge Udu Kier fans over here. I'm getting, yeah, that's it. I'm getting an Udo Kier tattoo. Yeah, you should. I'm doing. I'm. I've always thought I want to do blood. For, uh, blood for Dracula. I mean, he looks the same in every film, but but he looks looks so much younger. He had his youth back in in the seventies. Yeah. 80s. I want to get him from Blade with his teeth ripped out with a banner yeah. that says "You'll never be a pure blood." <laughs> I'm gonna get him from Armageddon. Everybody gets an Udo Kier. Tattoo. You don't even know who he was in Armageddon. He was a psychologist. I read the IMDb guy. Oh, okay. it. Damn it. <laughs> he was a helpful person. He helped people I've or ne- harmed people. I've never seen Armageddon, so I wouldn't know either. I've seen parts of it. I think uh, I've heard the song more than anything. God help us all. All uh, right, so this... I'm going to go ahead and kick into this one. <laughs> yeah, this is ahead. my pick. This is Dustin's pick this week. It's true. It is Dustin's pick. Andy is tortured by this film. True. Oh, God. I, I, I was thinking about this. We we all have very different realms of what we like about horror. Dustin is very like more modern, kind of art housey stuff. I like old stuff too. What you, are you talking about? You do. He but, likes Udo Kier movies and and uh, art movies. Yeah, that's, uh, oh, I, that's why that explains why I like the Andy Warhol uh, Udo Kier movies. Exactly. I mean, I'm not encapsulating you all into one thing, but it just, you lean to like those a lot more. We rewatch older stuff, and I'm kind of in the middle with you. I'll watch, like, newer stuff. I feel like Andy doesn't really give a shit to watch anything new. Is that true, Andy? Um, 30% yes. Uh, uh, 70% no. Uh, I do like to watch newer stuff. Uh, the, the only problem with newer stuff is that it's, it's not as good as the older stuff, in my opinion. Well, it seems to have the same formula as everything else. It's always about either the devil or religion or witches and the possession, and that's about it. It's like when the whole zombie craze. Yeah, thank like God the, the zombie itself. thing is over with. Yeah. But you love that, Andy. You love zombie stuff. But not really. I mean, to an extent, yes. But it, it can get crazy played out. But I mean, The Walking Dead ruined zombies for everything. Good God, did it! I mean, oh I agree. God. I'm so fucking over that. And new, it's just like it, it was like what Twilight did for vampires. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, biggest, the biggest black guy on vampires. So, Dustin, what what did you pick this week, you beautiful bastard? I picked the motion picture that should well, it did come out in 2020, just not everywhere because of the pandemic but i picked saint maud by rose glass it's her feature film debut i believe it was produced by danny boyle of 28 days later and train spotting fame nice and it's it's great it was one i was really really looking forward to last year god we spent half the pandemic looking for this film to watch oh no i torrented it all the time (laughs) every time i would come to daniel's house it would be like oh someone uh filmed it on their phone in england (laughs) because that was the only place it was one of the only places it was showing and um eventually finally i i uh found out that it was playing at one theater in north carolina it was uh playing at the cinemark in raleigh so uh ollie and i went in late january saw it i really really liked it um 
it wasn't i had even pre-ordered it on a special edition blu-ray before the uk and it came in the mail like a week after i saw it it drove two hours to see it in theaters and uh daniel and i watched it soon after that he re- i mean you really liked it right yeah spoiler i loved it and um so when i was thinking about a movie to do this week my girlfriend and i we recently watched it i showed it to her for the first time she also really liked it and uh there's still I haven't had a chance to talk to too many people that have even seen it, so this will be fun. Yeah, this movie is short and to the point. I think Andy said it's like a hour twenty three minutes. Yeah, like um, without without the credits. I think you were saying like it's like an hour nineteen, hour and twenty three. Like it gets right to the point. Um, yeah, it was like the the one with sensor. It gets right in there. It tells the story and it just gets the fuck out. I love that about movies these days. Yeah. It doesn't linger. It's like I get it. I get it. If you got something to say, I get it. You can. It could be long, but Jesus, yeah. man, some movies like I don't want to. Yeah, it's like I don't want to hear about. Well, this person works there, and this is how long they work for. It's the, like the, <laughs> the every Batman film they're showing his parents getting killed. It's like I get it. I know what happens. Go get on with it. Right. It's just like this. I mean, uh, so the movie starts with you see. Uh, the main character, the titular character, Maud, sitting in a corner. She's, like, got some blood on her. You see, it's kind of vague. It's kind of in a dark room, and you see what looks like a body on a table, and then it zooms, it, uh, does a close-up on a bug that she's staring at, like, on the ceiling or a wall, and uh, cuts into the, the title. Yeah, you can kind of see that there's blood laying on her and the person on the table. Right, and what? Uh, just to spin off what you were saying, Andy, it doesn't waste a whole lot of time going into what her backstory is. It just jumps into now. They go into it just hints, so you just have to pick up on it and go. So uh, you... then, then it goes right. I, lo- I want to talk about this shot real quick. The next shot is a picture of boiling red liquid. And I thought that was funny to me. Like she's cooking soup. It's like tomato soup, but add to the like the the dramaticness of the drama yeah, like of the, it. Yeah, the visceral image of it. Like I was thinking, like it's either soup or it's spaghetti, or she's making spaghettios out of despair. <laughs> and I mean, I get that. Like, out I of just despair. killed a man. Time for spaghettios. <laughs> despair spaghettios. Spaghettios is the cure all, if you ask me. It's very true. I as wish a, it was. As a grown man that loves spaghettios. <laughs> Maud is a very plain person, we find. She lives in a very small, plain apartment and seems to be very organized for the most part. You kind of see. It's funny. Like, looking at that apartment, I was telling Allie, because Allie watched it with me, I was like, that looks like our first apartment when we moved to Minneapolis. It's just, like, small and shitty and just, like, heavy windows. Yeah, she just has like a bed beside her kitchen. Yeah. And then she has like her little shrine to pray at and that's about it. Yeah, she is a pious woman. She loves God. And one of the first things you hear from her is her talking to God. Yeah, she big loves the Lord. Yeah, she's the most of the movie is her praying, speaking to God. And so you find out she's what she calls a private carer. and she's been assigned a new person and um her name is this is a this is a weird thing sorry just real quick when they were walking uh it said like coney island Mm -hmm. and i thought they were in coney island i've never been to coney island and they showed like the beach and i was like oh on the beach then i was like there's a lot of british people in coney island apparently and then i had to research it that that was a uh 
a British spinoff of our yeah, like, a, like a gambling, oh yeah, like a yeah. Uh, Gambling I had the same. Yeah, we got in an argument when we watched it. He's like, I thought this was in Britain. I was like, it is. And he was like, but that just said Coney Island. I know. It says yeah. Coney Island. I'm like, that's a lot of like British people in Coney Island. Yep. That, that's okay. Um, when she's talking to God, I noted this is something that comes up a lot in the film. And um, is she talks about this pain that she has in her stomach. It's like a reoccurring uh, issue that she has. And it kind of grows over time. And she's also very curious when she's talking to God about like what her plan is in life. You know, she's she's searching for some kind of plan from him. Yeah, she she's always like, I hope this leads to what you have in store for me constantly. Or like, I know you're testing me. I hope I'm doing right kind of th- stuff. Yeah. So anyways, she gets a new patient to work with and her name is Amanda. She is a cancer patient. I'm assuming she's She's terminal. She's living out her last days. Stage four lymphoma in her spine is what it is. That is uh, Jennifer Hale. She's actually from Winston-Salem. Yep, she's from Winston-Salem. Really? Holy crap. As Maude is going in to the new assignment as a caregiver at home, she asks the current nurse how the person is, and she says, she's a bit of a cunt. And just walks the fuck out the door. So that's how you're introduced to somebody's perception of this Amanda lady. And you find out Amanda was like a big deal. She was a famous dancer, uh, actress. She was beautiful, you know, like, you know, world renowned for her her dancing abilities and her beauty. And now she's, you know, kind of uh, withering away. She's given up. She hates her. Well, I mean, she has, you know, stage four uh, lymphoma. So it's it's grim, but she's like you know constantly drinking, smoking, you know, just- constantly smoking. I mean, like one after the other in this rad house. I mean, she doesn't have lung cancer, motherfucker. It's oh, spinal yeah. cancer. Well, I mean, if I, I was there too, until I- you told me, I just assumed she had lung cancer. <laughs> yeah, no, it, yeah. I mean, if that was me, I would be like, fuck it. I'm 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 back to back. I've never been a smoker in my life, but that would make me a smoker for sure. So I get it. Well, yeah. you know, uh, I would understand the need to be like hey fuck it why not indulge in all this shit i mean why didn't she have a big ass vape pen though man ripping yeah, fat like clouds huge, yeah, like a huge rig oh like a fucking 40 ounce just because we already hate this character off. enough why add to it <laughs> i don't necessarily hate her well i mean she she is she's cruel at times it's so anyway she starts off that way she is kind of you know like the lady said you know uh she's She's not fun to be around. How let's say that, but you know she's dying. So Maud comes in, and Maud just goes right to work. She uh, cooks for, her, cleans for. Her. She uh, does like physical therapy with her every day, doing like it's like it looks like yoga stretches. Yep. And um, at one point when she's doing that, um, Maud's necklace comes out of her like work nurse's uniform, and. Uh, Amanda asks about she's like what saint is that and she said Mary Magdalene and quickly tucks it away and she's like I didn't know they made necklaces of her and she's like I got it online and quickly just tries to dismiss it and later on as you know she keeps going in day in day out taking care of her she Amanda slowly starts to ask her about her faith and kind of you know I feel like she's kind of teasing mean about it you know yeah you see her kind of like when Maud prays at one point 
you see Amanda kind of go to pray with her, but it feels like she's kind of like mocking her in a way. Oh, well, that whole thing is really, really weird. It is. Because yeah. before that, before they go to pray together, I mean, I'm sure uh, Amanda has seen her pray and do other like religious-y things throughout the movie. Because as Maude is caring for her, it's like you, as the audience member, you see like weird things happen to Maude, like her hair get brushed away magically or she feels like what well, looks like she's having like an orgasm or I, yes i read about this actually i was going to bring this up rose glass said that she she calls those godgasms oh godgasm godgasm oh godgasm i'm utokir and i helped come up with that term godgasm <laughs> um so anyways she's had it that's really cool so yeah she it's like she, that one scene she's washing the dishes and then she's like almost drops them she's like oh, oh and there's numerous scenes where her eyes and mouth look like they're growing like her mouth yeah, stretching like they over. Get her eyes get real big and her, her mouth goes like Wah! and yeah. it goes like way up to the side uh, she has the most extreme case of oh face that i've ever seen <laughs> oh, oh it really oh. is it's you know crazy oh <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. I do want to say that um, because it kind of builds on Maud's character that she says while she's speaking to God at one point during this whole introduction to uh, Amanda that she does not like celebrity types or creatives. She has no use for them in the world because they're not pious enough or whatever. Yeah, she see right right at the beginning. You can tell she's borderline fanatical but it doesn't seem to be it seems to be like you know harmless it's like you know your your art teacher in school that was like way too into art and you're like it's it's fine like i'm just i'm drawing wolves on this cardboard piece of paper it's fine like no you must be the wolf it's like well, oh, all right you remember that it, this is the beginning you remember she goes by and that homeless man is talking yeah she keeps walking by this like bar restaurant that says coney island on it and outside is a guy who has like like Tourette's or uh, definitely has a severe stutter and he's you know people are just going by he's begging for money and he calls like one of them like a cunt or something and she you know he asks her for change he's pretty polite and he she gives her she gives him some and he's like it's a bit cold out isn't it and she's like may God bless you and never waste your pain and he's like what and she just you know t she's like nothing and takes off that that right there that quote is like that's her personal touch shit. yeah mm -hmm. may god never waste your pain yeah may god bless you and never waste your pain um yeah and that she's out because i forgot about this she's out because one of uh, amanda's friends comes over and they're like gonna drink and stuff and amanda wants her out of the house yeah it's this old it's the only time you, one of the only times you see uh like this guy he's uh he's there hanging out with her amanda kicks her out so they can you know party it up it's like some guy from her old theater days and that's you're right daniel it's like she's out she goes to eat it looks like she's eating chips at that coney island place or fries and then uh and she's like staring at people it's like everyone it, it looks like everyone in this restaurant is just like gluttons shoving piling food in their mouths she's like slowly eating it, it like in 30 minutes she's probably eating like 
three french fries yeah and there's like a big bald dude like fucking with his eye like putting like a contact or a fake eye in or something yeah but she's like staring at all them like you don't know if she's just like disgusted or she's like seriously like you know are all of you just heathens but um yeah anyways she ends up back at amanda's home where the guy who was there visiting amanda is now leaving because amanda is drunk and as they've gotten in a fight she's like throwing stuff at him and she's throwing up everywhere guy leaves and she's like can you believe that guy he totally wanted to fuck me back before i had cancer and look at him he's got hair plugs how pathetic did you see his hair plugs after that? After she like blows groceries like all over the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and so then uh, Maud, you know, cleans her up, and you know, it's that uh, they keep having the same like back and forth, where it's like Amanda, you can't tell if she's actually genuinely interested in Maud or she's like just trying to get dirt to fuck with her, you know, like oh, you do, you love God, huh? Yeah. Oh wow, huh? Really? And so eventually. It almost seems like genuine over the next few days. Like Amanda is noticing Maud and how like serious she is and how devout she is, and um, she asks whenever like Maud prays if God ever answers her or talks to her, and she explains how she feels that. No, she says uh, it feels like he's physically in me. It feels warm and good. Yeah, but um, it's didn't she say before that there's like it's little things like. I can feel him near me. I can feel yeah, this. I can and feel then him, like, all around me. Yeah. Like, and then eventually, all around me. He, she does say, like, I can feel him physically in me. Well, she says, yeah. pulsing, shivery, warm, and good are the God. words she uses to describe him. Godgasm me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, her, in her godgasm. So that then, Amanda of, calls her her little savior at that point, too. Oh, you're my little savior. She does it later as well, but so. But at that point, though, you know, Maud is praying, and she's still like feeling like that godgasm, and she gets Amanda starts to pray with her, and it looks like I can't. It's one of those things: is Amanda actually feeling a godgasm too, or is she just mocking Maud? Yeah, because she's like. I feel him too, basically. Yeah, and they're both like sinking down on this couch, like oh, oh and that, and you can go, go. <laughs> We're having orgasms for Jesus. Coming for Christ. Um, I feel like that Amanda, that that kind of um rapport that they have with God or whatever feelings they're having, it makes Maud feel holy, and like she's finally finding her path. Oh, and she and she's rewarded. Like, cause there's more. Those godgasms keep coming. Well, she goes up the stairs and the lights start flickering. Remember? Yeah, the lights start she, go and she She has to drag herself upstairs. Yeah, she like, falls on the ground and shit. So, but and her, her eye does the big, big eye thing again. And also a reoccurring thing. There's like that scene I was talking about earlier where she's like doing dishes, or maybe I can't remember if she's doing dishes or if it's the scene where she's dumping out all of Amanda's alcohol. She, you see, she's they in the focus in on the swirl of uh liquid going down the drain and that's reoccurring mm-hmm. that's swirling yeah uh, and washing her face or and her nose starts to bleed you see that and then when she's giving her a bath you see her you see the swirling yep. 
So, but yes, yeah, so far, so good. It looks like she is in God's good graces. She is on cloud nine. And oh, and earlier too, before I think she seems to actually be reaching Amanda, you see one of Maud's first, like, kind of odd things. She gets, she th- puts down this mat at her house to pray, and she throws popcorn kernels on the ground, and she kneels onto them to feel pain. Yeah, it's, af- yeah. it's after her gasm, because I was like, okay, so God gave her this great godgasm and now she's like all right i'm gonna punish myself for my sins and do what i'm supposed to for you it's essentially turned into like self-flagellation where you feel like you can get higher to christ or higher to god experiencing the experiencing the pain or being um a a martyr type situation where you if you experience enough pain you'll be able to see you know yeah like it brings you closer to your to god things like that like that albino from uh Da Vinci Code, you know exactly. <laughs> or 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 um or a uh, fucking Job from fucking uh uh Lawnmower Man, <laughs> like beat himself with a belt in the back. Yep. Um, I forgot to wait. A he's smoking, Terry. That's dangerous. So um, at this point, I think the be- best next big plot point that comes in is um Amanda's other friend comes over. Carol. Carol. Younger girl. Doesn't seem like she should be with Amanda. Amanda's older. Um, seems like she might be using Amanda for something. Yeah, she just like... Uh, I think Maud answers the door and Carol pretty much... Well, Maud tries barges to turn in. her away and Carol just barges in and goes and now looks like she's partying with Amanda, which... You know, Maude looks very disappointed about because she's like, I kind of thought you were over this. And you were, like, maybe going to live your last days just strictly devout w- with me and God. Yeah, yeah. She she thought that her plan was to save Amanda, and Amanda ain't having that shit, really. Let's pour well, booze down the kitchen sink and have Godgasm. Is it, oh, so, on. so it's revealed believe- that basically that Carol, is she a, a sex worker? Well, yeah, it, it it comes into that because then you see them. Uh, you do see them fool around, but I don't the, know if she's like you know prov- well paying after, for that service. Well, the first time when she leaves, you see her walking in front of the door, and then Maude is looking at her, and you see her counting money. Oh, that's uh, right. Looking. Yeah. Okay. And and that's when I was like, if she's selling her drugs, and I was like, wait, this is the next day, so she stayed the night. Yes. Yeah, so, well, I don't know if she's there to sell her like drugs well, or well, then it's, endless amount of cigarettes. Yeah. Well, then it is confirmed when Maud peeks into Amanda's room and you see Carol basically giving uh, Amanda a little lap dance type thing. She's yeah. giving her a little yeah. strip tease. And so the next day, Maud confronts Carol and is like, we don't need you here. She does not need you. And she super tells her off. Oh, that shit was awesome. Yeah, she's not too <laughs> mean, but she just is just straight up like. Very direct. Yeah. Like, Damn. It's like when your grandma gets mad at you and just tells you how things are going to be, and you're like, shit, all right. Yeah. There's a point, though, um, when Carol's there that Maude is washing her face in the sink, and her nose starts to bleed. She sees blood in the water, and then she starts to see another one of those, like, water cyclones. Vortex. Yep. Um, In the sink, which is... They don't talk about it. It's very quick. She's just like, it, it. Most of the time, she's not noticing it. That time, she did. Yeah, it's a foreshadowing of things to come. I would say. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so after that, she does tell tell Carol to leave. Eventually, 
Carol calls Amanda. Like, she tells her not to come back. Don't fuck with Amanda anymore because you're not good for her path. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Oh, no, she does Mm -hmm. that, but but Carol calls Amanda and tells her what happened and why she's not been back over there. Yeah, that kind of comes out at the party later. Yeah, you don't find that out. No, but you hear that, like... She tells her to make up something. You hear Amanda, like... why? Why can't you come over? You know, like you only hear the one side, and it's Maud listening to Amanda talk to her. And so from then on, Amanda starts to seem very cold to Maud. And yeah. Maud and uh, Carol, I'm sorry, Amanda buys Maud a book, a William S. Blake book of art that has like the red dragon in it. It's a lot of like uh, satanic imagery, which she knew would kind of get uh saint sorry saint maud say get mods goat a little bit because and she wrote in there she's like to my little savior you know yeah yeah um yeah like you said amanda does find out and then amanda has that birthday party is pretty much right after that it's right after she gives her the book yeah and maud is helping at the birthday getting orders and stuff and Real quick, I, I think this should be added because this happens before the party too. Go One ahead. of the nights that uh, Maud is like after she got off work or she's on her way to work, she runs into an old schoolmate. Yep, and I can't remember that person's name. Jo- Joy. Jo- Joy, and Joy uh, sees her, but she's not calling Maud. Maud, she's calling her Katie. Katie. Yep. So I know I heard that. I called. I was like, did she just call her Katie? Well, that's well. You come to find out that is Maud's real name, Katie. Yeah. And, spoiler. And so uh Joy- this whole podcast is a spoiler. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and honestly, this is besides censor the newest movie we've done. Yeah. So yeah, sorry you run the chance of getting some spoilers. This is on Hulu right now, so you should watch it. Don't yeah. listen if you don't don't want the fucking spoilers. Anyway, so Joy sees her and it's like yelling Katie and Maud is like ignores it or doesn't hear it. and then she's like you see the look on her face like oh shit and she starts to like walk faster and then Joy catches up with her and it's like hey how you doing where are you up to and she's like oh I'm a private carer now and she's like oh really she seems very shocked and she's like basically like even after what happened she's like yes they're very forgiving and you're like uh oh what the hell happened and uh, Joy gives uh, Maud her number and it's like yeah let's get up sometime then Maud goes to the party. Yep. Maud goes to the party. She's serving. She's hanging. Amanda's hanging out with Carol again on the couch. And Amanda is seems drunk, you know, having a good time. But she's also having her ego fed by this is her birthday. Everybody's there to like Love on her. Oh yeah, and Carol. Yeah, very Carol. bougie, very bourgeois party. Yeah. Oh, oh yes, like very all eyes wide shuttish without bird masks. Every friend you could think of, that dude that was there earlier with the hair plugs, Carol's there. There's probably like 20, 30 other people there. Can I? I, I want to bring this up and see. I saw some parallels to this in The Exorcist. This party reminds me of that party a little bit. It doesn't. It's not framed in the same way in the house, but. It's kind of like celebrities there. Yeah, yeah, too. it did. Yeah, and um, so, and that one guy that comes and fights with her at the beginning reminds me of the director of the movie. And I was going to say, like, you, you Nazi bastard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dumb Nazi. 
bastard. So I thought that was, I don't know, I haven't read that that's uh, intentional, but it really feels like The Exorcist in that way. The rest of the film does not, but it feels like maybe that had some kind of correlation there. How many not? God. But um, at the party, basically Amanda confronts Maude and is like, Maud's my little savior. She's trying to save me. And they take like some cloth and like drape it around Maud's head to make her look like uh Yeah. Uh mother. Yeah, they just put this whole little bonnet on her head, like, Oh look at you like dude, get the fuck off me. Like, yeah. What the shit? And it just it becomes like a carry kind of thing where the, everybody's kinda like laughing at her and then um, Amanda basically says, "Yeah, she got a little carried away trying to interfere in my r- romantic relationships." And then, what is it that really triggers Maud? I can't remember now, but she's or Maud is also she's like feeling bewildered. There's people swarming around her. I think doesn't someone oh, no, like come I, up and give her a drink, like put it down her mouth, like just as like here. Oh no no, uh, Amanda tells her she's like she's like I just want you to relax. You're a beautiful girl. You should relax and. Uh, you know, live your life essentially. Oh yeah, enjoy your life. Talking about like, oh, she's like, I get it. I guess a mere human can't compete with like God's love, and like Maud like goes wide eye and just like smacks the shit out of her. It's yep. funny she smacks her on her left, but then she starts bleeding out of her right nose. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> um, well, she was doing yeah, cocaine then, out of her right nose at the party. Exactly. She's like, oh, not my, not my, my, my booger sugar nose. Yeah. But she, yeah, and then she just the, goes away. The whole crowd is like watching at this point but they're still like swarming around it's crazy it makes you it makes me feel crazy and well yeah they turn off the lights she's like just thrown in this they say they do the happy birthday thing come up it's like ha 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 and everybody's swarming around her and amanda does the you know insults her to the point she's like nagging her pushing her pushing her pushing her until maude slaps her and everyone's like and she uh is fired yep fired and this starts and then she goes home she is very, very upset. She's praying to God and is like... Her stomach issues are getting worse as well, she says. Yeah. Yeah, it she, seems like she's getting kind of mad at God. Like, what is this path and what am I supposed to do? Like, what the hell? Yeah. Oh, no, she she speaks to and her prayers to God like, you know, what the fuck? I've done all this for you. You've done nothing for me. I've you've been tested and tested. What do you expect from me? And she's basically almost getting to the point like, I don't even know if you're real. So I have a question... Um, I missed this. What what happened to her hand? She, oh, she put it on the burner. She put it on that big burner in the stove for like half of a second. And oh yeah, oh, oh that's right. like it got like a third degree burn. I was like Jesus. Oh, remember no, she's she wrapping that it? one thing to test herself. That was the underside of her hand. She has a big scar on the top of her hand that she picks at herself. She is yeah. pulling flesh off the top of her hand. Yeah, but she went like like that. She turned her hand over to test. Yeah, after she tested it. Well, either way, she picks it that shit yeah. later on. She yeah, she's full on pulling her hand it's off. It's nasty. Yeah. Speaking of the hand wound, you when she's taking her, she's at her table and she's walking around her apartment. You also she pulls up her shirt a little bit and you can see she's cut the shit out of her stomach. Do you remember that? Yeah, she has. Yeah. A, she has a bunch of scars. She is like flagellating herself in many different ways for God. She's farting a lot. I didn't say flatulation. Flatulation for the Lord. I didn't say flatulation. I said flagellation. I know. She has pious. She has very pious poots. I was just being ignorant and trying to be funny, Dustin. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Um, Don't blaspheme. uh, Yeah. So there's a point though where she sees Amanda out with her new caregiver. Remember, they roll her up to the seaside. 
Mm-hmm. She sees her from a very far distance. Yeah. I didn't even know if that was Amanda. Yeah, but the only reason why I know I I figured out it was Amanda because it's the same woman that she talks to later on. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. But so. this is this is the good part. Who wants to talk about Maud's night out on the town? I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> she goes out to a bar and she's got a dress on. She's put makeup on, got her hair, got like you know a nice flowy dress on, and she's got she's drinking at a bar. I was like, yeah, good, good for you, good for you. Yeah, she orders herself a pint and sits right in the middle of uh, everyone there. Yeah, and she. Uh, Jesus she's like Christ, is a- this person awkward though? Oh, super awkward to the max 950,000. It's also the only time you see her with any makeup on or with her hair down (laughs) until the end of the movie. Yeah. And so she's like kind of eyeballing this dude from across the way. Yeah, he's a handsome guy. And she's like, you know, smiling at him and he smiles at her. And it's fine all of a sudden. And then you're like, just like da 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 da. da. And then it goes to she's just jerking him off by a door. With all, with in broad, like in light, the light is on, and he and standing up, just like I'm, I'm jacking you off with like one hand, and then he's like, oh yeah, he's like, oh skeet, and then he's like, oh sorry, and then she like slings it off, and then she just walks away. <laughs> Wait, did like, she jerk him what? off with her dirty broken hand? No, I think she did it with the other hand. Okay, good. she had the bandage on, so yeah, <laughs> there, there must have been transference. I'm just saying, like you need to change that bandage. I think she's a right-hander because the band is <laughs> But um, she's not a two. She's not a two-hander. She's just like Ugh. it was. Uh, that was really, the most. It just cuts to it really quick. Them, they're just eyeballing each other too. They're by what looks like a uh, the shitty bathroom. Fire exit, place. or your fire exit, or some a telephone yeah. booth. Or something. Yeah, it looks like. I, a know, bo- I was like, is this a bathroom fire exit telephone booth? The kitchen door. It looks like a door to like a, a British t- telephone booth for sure. And then Doctor who's gonna and, come running out? She goes to sit down, and he walks back by her, and he sits down, and he just looks at his friend, and they just uh, immediately leave. Yeah, they he, just leave. He just grabs him and is like, "Let's get the fuck out of here, man! I, I just cool, got beat off by this girl. <laughs> I got my awful standing up hand job, my dry hand job for the night. Let's I, go. I came, I, I saw, I came again. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I got work in the morning. Let's roll, man." I will say that, um, so she starts to take shots, too, and you kind of feel like maybe she's getting back to normal. She's, like, going back out into the world, trying to make friends. There's this whole part where she's, like, sees people next to her. It's the most awkward shit Oh, ever. God, it makes me cringe harder than anything. And, and she, they're talking and laughing and shit, and she's sitting there with her beer after beating this dude off, and she's, like, laughing, trying to laugh with them to be incorporated into their conversation or included, and... She just realizes it ain't working, and she's like, she kind of holds her head. Oh, yeah, she laughs really, really hard at the joke she doesn't even hear. Right. While staring at the dude, like, ha, 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 ha. And they look uh, at her. They just stare at her. She's like, oh. And so she goes to the bar. It looks like she's pounded a couple of pints, maybe a couple of shots. But she, oh, no, before she, she's sitting back at the table, and she starts to notice the swirling it's yeah. happening in her pint glass she freaks out and stands up and then she looks over at the table beside her and she sees the swirling and all their pints too and freaks the fuck out oh yeah so she like all the swirling happens she gets up she goes ah and then she slams into this dude and he's like oh you spilt my beer you owe me a beer and then it's like maybe three seconds of awkward and then just slam cuts to her just fucking this dude on just a bed in a room. Yeah, and he tries and to touch her boobs and stuff, and, and she's, she's like, like no. nope. She's just, like, riding, riding him. him. Yeah. yeah. And then so she's, like, flashing back and forward to, like, seeing a, 
uh, a patient. She's trying to save like an old woman. Yeah, she's trying to like, resuscitate like, putting, this patient. Like, like she's doing like CPR in her chest, and then it flashes to him, and then flashes back, and then she flashes into like pressing into his chest, but caving in his chest and making it bleed. He starts bleeding out of her mouth, and for like a second, dude, I thought they were gonna like the thing it. Like I thought I his chest was gonna open, and there's gonna be teeth. I was like, that's red. No, this is one of the coolest parts of the movie because it is like she's riding this dude. Her hands are kind of on his chest. She's riding them pretty hard, and it flashes back, like you said, between his chest to this old, I think it's an old woman's chest that she's giving CPR to. Um, so, the, so it cuts between her having her hands on this dude that she's fucking to having her hands on this patient. She's, like, resuscitating. It goes back and forth, back and forth, until, like you said, Andy, her hands, cr it cuts to her hands crushing through the patient simultaneously. It's that dude's chest. And that, and you put the pieces together immediately. That's who she. That's how she's not a private carer or got kicked out of medical school. And that's who the dead body was in the beginning. She killed someone trying to resuscitate them. She crushed their chest. And so, anyway, she stops fucking the guy and just lays there. Well, the guy, yeah, tries. He just he just forces her to finish. She lays there. It's very awkward. Yeah, because at yeah, first he's like, like no. Because she says oh, no. Okay. Oh, yeah. At first he's like trying, he seems like he's consoling. And then he's like, you know, goes, tries to get back at it. She says no. And yeah. Um, he, he he talks about how I remember you. You, you After it's over, after he finished. Yeah. yeah. Like you had it off with a friend of mine. Yeah. You, I remember you little nurse girl. You, kind of, it's hinted at the whole time with people that, that she runs into that, she had some bad shit happen to her, and she was kind of a maybe a party girl. Yeah. Um, that got you know maybe she went too far and then got saved and or you know tried to you know yeah she fix used, her life by returning to religion so harshly. Right. She used to be a bit of a like you know she used to go out and drink and hook up with people. How about that? Yeah. And yes, she and used to now, be a normal yeah woman person. Yeah. Then that event happened in her life where she accidentally killed a patient. And she lost, I guess, I'm assuming she got kicked out of medical school. And that's why she's now, she was Katie. She falsified her identification to become Maud, and that way she could go back into caring for patients. Yep. Um, like any person who has a one-night stand and does shots and drinks a whole bunch, she drunk calls her friend Joy in a stairwell earlier yeah before she hooks up with that guy yeah and then she also goes home and just starts throwing up i mean in that what projectile we all do? vomit yeah yeah projectile i love a projectile vomit scene <laughs> it looks like she had a fucking garden hose taped to her face which is this <laughs> this is one of those scenes where this film is it starts fucking with you it's kind of the turn of the screw aspect um is this real is she really having like godlike visions I thought she had epilepsy. Or like, is she, she crazy? Epileptic. Yeah. Well, you never I thought it was a, co a combination of uh, something else: dementia, guilt, uh, epilepsy, uh, schizophrenia, like all that. Yeah. Well, the entire movie is uh, it's it's up to you to decide if she's if she's just if this is actually supposed to be real for this character, like it is really happening, or if it's just in her head. And so, yes, she's projectile vomiting. She's, like, writhing all over the place. She eventually levitates. She's begging God at the same time. And then as this shit all is happening, 
there are fireworks exploding outside the window, which I was like, this is this is insane. It's like a sensory overload. It's a very scene. cool looking shot. It though. is. So yeah, she like gets picked up, like she's being picked up just in the middle of her back, so her head and her legs are hanging down. It's just like her. Why does the feather stiff as a board? Yeah. <laughs> You know, she's, it's like almost, I hate to say it, I hate these kind of scenes most of the time because it's like, every time there's a possession movie, there's got to be a scene like this. Yeah. So you immediately, at least for me, I was like, oh God, is she fucking possessed now? But, um, so that happens. Doesn't Emily Rose do something? Oh, she arches her back and like, anyway. So she, that that happens. So that happens to her the next day she gets up and it's like, almost like. Her faith has been renewed. That's where she takes like these little uh, papers, these cards of like Jesus and Mary, uh, Mother Mary, and like puts thumbtacks through them and puts them inside of her uh, Chuck Taylors and puts her shoes on and uh, starts walking around as another, you know, suffer for God type thing. And she's like, I. I feel closer to you to you now and but she still wants to know what her purpose is and during all this she does visit she does run into the current caregiver for Amanda this whole thing with Amanda is not going away it's she feels like it's her purpose and I feel like she kind of stalks this caregiver to talk to her this whole idea of never wasting the pain is like predominant. I think she even says it again. Yeah, yeah, she says it right before she says she says it while she's talking. She says never waste never waste your pain. Maud uh is talking to the caretaker. She just ran runs into her, I guess. It's at the same place where you see the care the new caregiver at earlier with Amanda. It's like at a nice little spot to look at the ocean. Yeah, they're just commiserating uh the she's like, "So, how's your relationship with your patient?" you know, cuz she gets into how she's a caregiver or whatnot. The caregiver's like saying she doesn't think that she's going to be with this person very long and they kind of hit it off at first and she's like why and she was like well sometimes you know that's just how the cookie crumbles with terminal illness and this just triggers the shit out of Maude she's like because she knows that it's Amanda she gets gets up and just leaves yeah just fucking walks the fuck out of there and she begins to talk to God again like she never really stops but this time oh the roach this time, God speaks back. Yeah, this roach. She wakes up in her bed, and this roach, this massive roach, walks over to. She has like this little dresser drawer with her little God shrines on it. Main this one, one being a crucifix with Jesus on it. And it, when the roach climbs over to it, the the crucifix falls. She gets up out of bed to pick it up, and that's when God finally speaks to her to where we can hear it. And uh, if it wasn't for me rewatching it this this time recently with Kay. Like I wouldn't have known that the vo- the the language he's speaking in is Welsh. Welsh. Yep, it's Welsh. So here's a here's some interesting facts about this. I'm gonna fuck her name up. Morphid Clark is the main actress. She is a. I love that name, Morphid. Yeah, she is a Welsh actress. And in reading about this film, I real uh, I read that Rose Glass specifically wanted. Morphid to be the voice of God. So it's like she's talking back to herself. So the the actual voice in the film is Morphid speaking Welsh. That's cool. Had no idea. Also, yeah. the, the, the way that they have the voice, 
the modulator on the voice. It sounds like the mummy's voice in the movie in in the Brendan Fraser mummy talking <laughs> like I don't think I do not agree with that. <laughs> Jeez, hot take. Found one. He's telling her that what she's known that this is life is a game and she will be able to join the great embrace is how he words it. Oh yeah, he's like you will be with me soon, child, you know. All of this, you you know, will be worth it in the end. And and God's proud of her, basically. And God says there's one more test. There's one more test that she's like, you know, and how, what should I do? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And he is like, you know, you've always known. Yep. God's good like that, you know? God yeah. knows everything. So, he writes everything down. So I mean, the next think day, Maud is, she takes basically the blank the sheet off her bed and makes it into like a robe yeah. like she's like a priest or something in a catholic I, church i love the color of it too it's like this taupe pink kind of color it's very strange odd very colors cute. yeah <laughs> also uh while she's um well she's doing other things too she's like she's got she, chemicals in her yeah, peroxide and acetone yeah she's like yeah She's picking at herself. She's also like scalding herself and that washing herself in what seems to be peroxide. Joy shows up. Yep. Oh, joy. Which joy is a delight. I just love a joy. She's so nice that she talks like nonstop. She doesn't need, like, because she, she, Maude says nothing to her when she comes over. And she's no. just like, yada, 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 yada. I mean, meanwhile, everything in the apartment is like, uh, okay. But she's just like, oh. This apartment you know, is a uh, serial killer's apartment for yeah, sure. It's like, I'm sorry for what I said. And, you know, all these things happened. And, you know, we should hang out and da 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 da. And yeah. she's just smoking in her apartment. So kind. Yeah. She's befriending her. Well, she's trying to. And eventually, Maude just basically tells her, like, yeah, I'm I'm good. You can you need to May go. the Lord bless and keep you yeah. and yeah. goodbye. Yeah, so then Maud puts on her her sheets and she looks like she's maybe taking a Bible with her. It looks like she may also be carrying holy water, which is actually well, I think peroxide. You are you in the apartment still? Yeah. Okay. Cuz there's that part where she looks out the window and sees the big cyclone in the sky, the big vortex in the clouds. And you can see, because I never noticed this before this point, but she has two different eye colors. Yeah, and one's like uh, blue and one's like black. Yeah. I've noticed because it's just like a weird thing that's like, I don't know. That's where you finally can, you can definitely see it at that point for sure. Um, Because they kind of highlight it, it feels like. So she goes to Amanda's home, basically just walks in. And finds Amanda sleeping in her bed, and Amanda wakes up, and they have their big talk. Up until this point in the film, there hasn't been like a whole lot of anything shocking or scary. It's it's kind of low key. So I was like, man, what's gonna happen? Because I know this movie's pretty short. When when's this gonna pop off? And <laughs> so they start talking to each other. Maud goes in there as Amanda's sleeping and touches her face. And Amanda wakes up and she starts apologizing to... Like, I'm sorry I was so unkind to you. And Maude is, is speaking to her and she's also taking the what you, what the holy water and doing like crosses on Amanda's forehead. Which but pisses it's, her off. It's burning it's like, her. Stop that, stop because that. it's peroxide. It's not water. That's why it's burning her. And she's like, ow, stop it, stop. 
Who also, you know, you the last time I saw you, you slap me. I don't want you to fucking touch me. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I can't bear it, please. Um, Got a restraining order on you. And it, so... Um, she, uh, Amanda says, you must be the loneliest girl ever. And that really kind of turns... Because at first, I feel like Maude feels like, okay, this is it. I know. And then... And like, I'm here to save you. Yeah, and it's a positive thing. But then when she says, you're the loneliest girl, and then she tells her to snap out of it, and basically, God isn't real, and she never felt him when she said she did earlier in the film, you know? So, kind of, she was kind of mocking her in a way. And that really sends Maude into this, like, bad place. And Amanda... And you her, see, Maude almost has some doubt. Like, she's like... Because yeah. Amanda knows how to get under her skin. Yeah, and it, at this point, it seems like Amanda's the devil. She starts that classic kind of, like, spouting... Uh, her voice changes, too. Well, her head gets real uh, stretchy. It's yeah. really weird. <laughs> real for, stretchy head. Uh, they're, like, talking, and then all of a sudden, she, like... It's just real dramatic, scary music for a second. Her face and head is distorted and, like, slings at Maude and slaps her across the room. And she was like, you basically told her, it's like, look how you doubt, you know. It's like, you're so weak, you know. All it took was that, you know, you're pathetic. And so now Amanda... Which is, like, quintessential, like, devil speaking in any exorcist film. It's just like... Making the person doubt their faith, and she did it. I mean, she uh, Maud did doubt herself for a second, and they're just going back and forth, yelling. And then Maud just, you know what? She doesn't have it anymore. She grabs some scissors off of Amanda's shelf and just starts stabbing the shit out of Prison her. Prison stabbing her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, no joke. The chest, stomach, neck. No joke, Dreadites. It's like at least twenty or thirty stabs. <laughs> it's like phone <laughs> check. Call me phone check. Like check, 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 check. It's kind of disgusting. Amanda's like gasping in the bed as she dies and it cuts to her kind of slumped over. Which I mean, Amanda really didn't have anything to live for anyway. So Well whatever. still it's like the thing is, as the audience member, you're like, What the fuck? Was this Satan? Was this a possessed person all along? Or is Maud crazy? And it cuts to my favorite shot of the entire film is uh it shows Maud it's kind of a close up on her she has blood on her face and her white like uh sheet dress uh thing and she it looks like she's just floating out yeah. of the front of the house is very beautiful shot it's like reminiscent to me of like Argento films and stuff yeah. I love it and then it shows Maud back at her apartment she like goes to bed and the next day she's getting up getting ready but now you notice something different about her she has fucking angel wings Those big neon angel wings yeah they look she's earned, she earned her wings and uh so now she puts on another sheet and she wears her like rosary beads yes and she takes Where's a she bag all these sheets from yeah, she's got a bag full of you don't know what yet and she just walks to the beach everybody's kind of staring at her but she sees that spiral in the sky, and she's walking towards it on the beach. Yeah, and she gets out on the sand. She sets her bags down. She's kind of like praying and thanking God. Oh, she's singing. She says, I saw the light. Which I thought was uh, <laughs> I thought it was Ace of Base for a minute. I was like, oh, okay. I saw the light. I saw the I sun. I opened up my eyes, and I saw the sun. Yeah. All I want. <laughs> 
is another baby <laughs> on tomorrow <laughs> yeah and that spiral above her it's like it looks like it's a shooting path to heaven to me oh no it made me think of i know this is dumb and i want you to cut it out but whenever <laughs> i was a kid no. whenever i was a kid i remember like driving uh, around with my parents and i would see like say on a cloudy day like a very cloudy day dark day i'd see like one ray of sunshine coming out like in the distance from the cloud and i thought that's when a person died and they were going to heaven <laughs> don't cut that's awesome don't think that out that's that, awesome i just told Kay about that the other day i was like that's some weird shit i haven't thought about in decades dustin watched fire in the sky way too many times i've, I've never seen that movie all the way through <laughs> have you just seen the end part at least i, I saw when it they the, the, that's the only scene you need to watch. The rest of right. the movie is is garbage. I can't remember. I was passing through when I uh, when I was a kid. Oh, you remember TV. it if you've seen it. <laughs> Doesn't he have like a big thing in his mouth or a glob on his face? Mm, we'll we'll watch it. Oh boy, yeah. I, I think I got oh. when I we had that big uh, pawn shop find of VHS. I'm pretty sure I got K Fire in the Sky. So. Awesome. Um, so as she's standing under this beautiful cyclone to heaven. It's a cloud spiral. Cloud spiral. Clouds to heavens. She starts pouring a clear liquid on herself. And there's a crowd gathering. Like, uh, oh my god, stop her, stop her. Well, it's like you hear that faintly, and her eyes... It's like you have two points of view. You have, I guess, what's the real point of view is like people being like, what the fuck is she doing? In her mind, these people are like walking towards that spiral in the sky as well. And they're like slowly standing there, like they're about to witness something fan a miracle or something but Maude is dumping gasoline all over herself or some sort of flammable agent yeah i assume it's acetone because acetone is extremely flammable mm -hmm. and that's what she had in her apartment and it's clear yeah and the people are watching and then it cuts to the people they kind of like like dustin's saying like oh shit what's going on and then all of a sudden it's like glory to god they're like very like oh we're seeing a miracle well that's from her point that's from right her point of view because as soon as she lights it she is engulfed with this heavenly uh like an angelic fire and her wings yeah, come she back. glows She's, yeah she looks beautiful and like like she is getting her wings and becoming an angel for all the good things she's done for god but then it cuts to the very last shot of the movie it's her screaming in pain while she's on fire yep and it just ends that's the end of the movie also the cockroaches also the cockroach's name was Nancy. It's in the credits. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. That's awesome. Nancy, the real M V C. So yeah, Dustin talks about um how you're supposed to feel about this, and I found a very interesting article about like how the director perceived this and how she felt that she's very surprised about how people were perceiving the film. She basically says that there's no, there's not really any ambiguity there. Um, she's basically lost her mind, and that she thought of this whole premise from the point of view of how people used to think about talking to God was was like holy and wonderful back in the day. That is completely different now. If we talk to God or we think that God is talking to us in the modern era, we are fucking insane. I could see that. Yeah. I could I could see that. It seemed like it was touching on that also and like a way to I don't know if, if this is gonna come out right. Uh any type of way like when you 
lead your life. It's like, it's, it's like a way, like, let's say that if you, if you're a, a drunk or a drug addict and then you get sober or, or like whatever, and then you, you, you kind of use that, you're, it's like a superiority and then you have it over other people. You're like, well, I'm above you because I'm, I was this person and now I'm better than you. And that goes for like religion. It's like, if you, obviously she did something bad in the past and then she got saved, you know, quote unquote saved, but she did all this shit and she's using religion as a way to get past it. But she delves deep into it, becomes a, like a like just insane with it. Yeah. And then people that aren't, don't feel the same way as her. It's like, I'm going to save you because you're obviously lost and it's my job to save you. And you're kind of beneath me and I know better than you and I can save you. And if I can't save you, then I'm just going to kill you because I know better. But. There's also, I mean, the whole film is, it plays with holy ecstasy versus sexual ecstasy and like how they intertwine, which for religious people, that's probably not a normal thing to think about, right? Yeah. Godgasms. That, yeah. That's also a very, um, how we were talking about like Suspiria earlier, like that kind of, that kind of feeling also how that kind of movie was it was very that kind of way but you couldn't really tell if it was erotic or evil or good or what um dustin i don't know if this ruins this stuff for you for what i've been reading um i think it's interesting too that uh glass said that she wrote mod and it's not explicitly stated in the film she says but it's somebody who has had a completely secular upbringing and no real history with religion so when God, when Maud finds God, an event brought to her only in part by a horrific hospital accident, it sets off a systemic shift in her worldview. So just that killing that she went through, or is it a killing and the accidental thing in the hospital, shifts her whole idea about living as a human being. And I thought that was really interesting. I mean, uh, uh, people turn to uh, religion and other shit um, for anything over any kind of thing you know like you could have it could have been mod surviving a, or like narrowly you know getting in a car wreck and she's like oh my god my life flashed before my eyes i'm a devout christian now you know what i mean or yep. i'm or i'm whatever i'm gonna live the life my life to the fullest or uh, gonna fuck everybody yeah, yeah, and drink everything yeah but, but i mean no that doesn't bother me at all i think i mean i've kind of figured that's the backstory. I don't think like Maud was this certain re greatly religious person. I don't think. I think she's very confused. Well, I like I like these movies that play on the realm of fantastical spiritual shit, and and when it comes down, its reality is you're just a fanatic. I mean, this movie did it beautifully. Like, I like this film for that main reason. You know, you have all these exorcists and these God spiritual movies that, you know, bring the supernatural out and they're there and it's supposed to be real. But I love movies that play with the human psyche when it comes to religion, because it is, also, in my opinion, very much just a human psyche, uh, a belief system. I might be wrong, but like, I feel like most of the time in possession movies or like this, 
battle with good and evil Satan type thing. Religion isn't brought in until la- way later on as almost a last resort. Yeah, they and, try to find science always first, right? Yeah, let's find the reason. Like, let's exhaust all these things first before it's like reluctantly like, I need a priest. I need someone to perform an exorcism. Instead, right. we're getting kind of the opposite end of it where we get this really religious person that's going through something. I don't recall ever really seeing it. Well, actually, uh, the only movie that came kind of close was this movie called Breaking the Waves where this person feels like this intimate connection with God, like whether it's just communicating with them or physically feeling something from the good deeds, the godly deeds they do. But that whole thing is really, really cool. And also, I mean, I'm glad they didn't just keep her uh, good like the entire time they showed, like, you know, she's also a human person that wants to, like, relieve stress in typical fashions, like have friends and hang out with them, drink, have sex. Yeah. And Lord knows... That religious people aren't always good. (laughs) 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 Evil. It's evil. Oh, it's evil. Um, Um, Real quick, I'll go ahead and do the tagline because there's only one. Tagline time. I wish we had like a little. Time for tagline time. Tagline time. All right. Y'all probably know what it is. It's on every poster for St. Maud, but it's your savior. It's coming. Going back C-U-M-M-I-N. to the sexual thing. C U M M I N apostrophe. Yeah. Coming. Coming. I'm coming. Oh, Wait, Lord. man, this 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 shit's got engines in it. What kind of Cummins in engines in it? So my, uh, your savior is <laughs> is cumin. Cumin. What kind of spice is in this thing, man? Cumin. 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 I like the film a lot. Well done. Love you, Rose Glass. Can't wait to see more from you. I love. Morphid is amazing. I give it five out of five upside down crucifixes. There you go. Right, Andy, you go ahead. Why do I have to be the, okay? You know, you just have to give a brief. <laughs> it's because I'm um, going to redeem it after you shit on it. <laughs> I'm not even going to shit on it. Look, look, I'm not here to take apart any movie. If I liked it or if I didn't like it. No, you like, should. You should take it apart and say like, why. I, dude, I love Frankenhooker. Um, but yeah, uh, so, okay, so movie that I came out 40 years I appre- ago. Yeah, I appreciate the movie. Um, but, but I understand what it was. Um, I'm glad that I watched it. I didn't I didn't really like it. It it was fine. I didn't hate it. It was just very... Um, I did like the fact that it didn't really overstay its welcome. I do like that. The message was simple and it was in there and it was great. And I, I do like the overlying theories of what could have happened, what is going on. Um, I feel like I've seen that a lot, a lot, a lot, especially in any kind of like a religious, uh, is it God? Is it the devil? Is it, I'm being, you know, is something erotic in me? Is something, am I, am I right? Am I wrong? These are your dreams, Andy. These are all your dreams. Yeah. It's like an American psycho thing. It's like, is this happening in my mind or is this, did I really kill all these people? And, you know, and I get that and that's fine. Um, I thought it looked really cool. Uh, the the acting was great. Uh, everybody did a really good job. You just um, you felt like the story was sub. It's par. Like, like I said, like, well, like I said with censor, like it's 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 not my cup of tea. It's not it's not what I show for. It is for a lot of people. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just not 
it's just not my thing. I'm not, you know. Um, I mean, we- I, 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 I do like, you know, and that's the whole thing with like, you know, new horror and stuff like that. I, I'm not against. I'm not against it. Like, I, it, it has to continue because if it doesn't continue, then it goes away, and that sucks. Um, this is one of those films, though, that almost, almost would transcend horror into drama or into some sort of other subgenre um, if it wasn't for some of the more graphic parts in the murder. Yeah. Um, I think it would. I mean, I could see this film on Criterion in like 10 yeah. years. If that it's says anything. Weird, yeah. It's just a weird, it's a weird thing that happens with, with horror or any genre really where it's, where they focus so much on how everything looks and the atmosphere than the actual story. It's like, you could have like a happy movie look, you know, creepy and whatever, like this looks amazing. But if it's like, if this, the story isn't really like something that's like full on horror, like it could just be like a dramatic thriller and that's, you know, that's fine. It could be shot on like a phone and be like, holy shit. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not an aficionado. I'm, well, I'm not, I, I, well, to a certain extent, yes, but I mean, I don't know everything. Um, but like I said, like it was fine. It's for some people. It's not for me. That doesn't mean that, you know, it, it shouldn't have been made and that you should love it. Hey, if you do like it, then fucking go for it. That's great. You know, I, I like a lot of shit movies and I, I'm very unapologetic for it. And I think that's a good thing for the horror, sci-fi, cult movie communities that we don't have to be. Yeah. And everybody is entitled to their opinion. And it, I don't. I don't. I think it sucks to you know, people like this movie sucks and you're fucking wrong. Like, who cares? Like what you like. That's fucking great. I don't have to like it, but if you like it, I don't care. Like I like you know, whatever. But yeah. So for to to end it all, I didn't like it, but I'm glad that it's there, and I'm glad that people do like it. See, I didn't shit all over it, Dustin. I, I honestly was not blown away with the movie because I had been waiting on it for such a long time. But I love movies that kind of have a buildup. Like, so whenever it does have something go down, it's much more impactful. There's a lot of great scenes in it. I do think, uh, God, what, how do you, what's her name? Morphid is great in it. I think Rose Glass. Uh, this is, you know, a promising debut. I'm excited to see what else she does. I agree with Daniel, what he said about, like, you know, I could see this probably, possibly being a, a part of the Criterion collection one day. Um, is it, it's not my favorite horror movie, but I do really, really like it a lot. I think it's a movie that's definitely going to get slept on, unfortunately. It's already been slept on, um... If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's been bouncing around streaming services. It was on Prime. It was on, it's on Hulu now. Um, it's you know you're gonna ha- find a way to watch it, and it's only like an hour twenty minutes. You know, I think you could spare the time and yeah, it's a breeze. And the mute the score is good too. I, I enjoyed it as well. It's it's a good watch. I think it's not completely uh, derivative of other possession. Uh, religious movies it's got its own take on it and it's really I, I don't know I really enjoyed it it's, uh, I recommend it I wanted to give a shout out to Jennifer L um, her father we're a Winston-Salem mostly based podcast and her father and he's a traitor how am I a traitor? <laughs> you don't live here anymore, Savannah. Her f- I've got seniority. I'm older than you. Yeah, you're you're an old traitor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an old traitor. 
Um, she, her father is John Hale, and he was the founder of North Carolina School of the Arts, which is a prestigious Holy shit, acting and um, arts college here in town. And her mother is Rosemary Harris, who our fans are probably know her best as Aunt May from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man that movies. It's crazy. True. I used to skin fish for that lady at Whole Foods. Yeah, she would come into Whole Foods all the time. You and uh, Burns would tell me about that. <laughs> I'm practically related to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's a wonderful stage actress, actress all around. And um, I think the, the tie that we have to that family is very cool. So... Maybe that's why I didn't hate Amanda so much in this film. <laughs> no, she's just so backhanded. She's a, she's an asshole. Like, it's hard to like her, but you... I don't know. I, I didn't really like her. But it is so cool to find out that she's from Winston. Yeah. But, and, and she's been in Pride and Prejudice and Zero Dark Thirty and all kinds of films. So she's 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 awesome. I love her as an actress. Just because she's from my hometown, yeah. I give her, <laughs> and she's a really good actress. So, oh yeah, the, if there's any reason to want to watch Saint Maud, it's because Winston be repping in Saint Maud. That's y'all. right, motherfucker. Shit, we, we, we Where, got a, a where's the horn? city up here, in this bitch. Where's the horn? Dustin, hit us with the wonderful whatever tag phrase line. May God bless you and never waste your pain. God bless Nancy the Roach. <laughs> Nancy. The we Roach. see you out there, Nancy. I see you, Nancy. You I gonna, see you walking. You're going to live longer than us anyway. Get see it, girl. You. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for listening to another episode of Video Dread. We super appreciate it. If you would like to support us more, please rate, give us a five-star review or a one-star review, whatever. Write something down on the comments in the podcasts app that you are listening to us through. Also, follow us on Twitter. We are at Video Dread Pod. On Instagram, we are at Video Dread Podcast. And we are about to get a Slasher account if you are on Slasher. Kind of a new app. It's kind of a par social media app. Uh, look for us out there on uh, there. Thanks for the support. Fiends.